The Young and the Monstrous, a story of kids just trying to get out of high school and keep their monsters within. Episode 8, Cult Conversations. Springwood High. It's the Monday after the big homecoming game, the big homecoming party. And um, there's a few things going on. One of the deals that uh, you guys have heard as you're waiting, Lilith and Celine, as you're waiting in the office um, to be called in to see somebody, and it's only for a few minutes, you're not waiting there very long, um, is that Mr. D- or Dean Jira, Dean Jira, the guy who is kind of like that constantly screaming teacher from uh, Daria, yeah. um, that Dean Jira is out sick. And so you think to yourselves, are we in trouble? If we were, Dean Jira would be here screaming at us like a drill sergeant. And he's not here. And I think maybe the woman uh, who's like the secretary who's awkwardly sitting there is like, like she she says it to somebody. She's like, no, Dean Jira is sick. He's, he didn't come in today. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be here tomorrow either. Like that kind of a thing. Like she's talking to somebody on the phone. It's Harvey Firestein apparently playing this character. Um, I'm the, uh, Bob, the Bob's Burgers uh, teacher. Oh, yeah. this uh, <laughs> it's, Which is just H. John Benjamin doing that voice. Yeah. I fucking love that lady. Like, who knows what the interior, the pancreas of a lobster is called. This is when we see, we have like a second of Lilith and Celine there. And they're sitting in these chairs that have kind of some like vinyl cushions on them. They're the kind of things that you'd have at like a very cheap church or university function where they kind of interlock with one another. Though they are not interlocked. And you're sitting there, and the two of you are there for a moment. If this was a police station and you were being grilled, you would never be allowed to interact with each other. But because this is a public school, you're awkwardly sitting there together for a couple minutes, though you have not been told why you have been told to come in. And I think you went to homeroom before homeroom ended. Um, Your teacher got a call. And, of course, the teacher was Mr. Euripides, who is also out. And so the substitute teacher was like, uh, Miss Lancaster and Miss Evergreen, you're going to need to go to the front office. Here's a pass that I wrote you on an index card. Um, And my signature, of course, is nonsense. And the premise that anyone would view this as a document that would mean anything is ridiculous. But take this, the two of you, and go to the front office. So there you guys are. You're sitting there. Again, the secretary's like, like, no, Dean Jira isn't here. I don't know when he will be. <laughs> so anything you guys have to say to one another, <clears throat> if you don't, we can just move past it. But anything you guys have to say to one another post, maybe... What do we do with uh, the magic card? I need to know what to do with the magic card. I hear you're kind of into that sort of thing, but I'm looking at this card and it's supposed to like transport us somewhere. How does that work? Oh, they wish. No, this is just an index card. He just, that teacher just didn't have 
the right things. Oh, so it's like an index to the magic book. Where's the magic book? Nah, this is just this is just think of it as a like a token to how much of a loser this teacher is. Oh, does she need a present or a makeover? Or both? Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. Duly noted. Hmm. All right. So I know now. Yeah, me too. Also curious. Sorry, what did you guys say? Because I interrupted. What are we doing here? That's what I was asking Celine. Yeah, I'm also curious. This is like somehow even more boring than homeroom. I don't know if it was boring, but I'm definitely not as entertained here. But all right. There's a there's another character who is here whose name is Rosie Perez. Rosie Perez. Actress <laughs> famed actress Rosie Perez. Yeah. Oh her kid no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Her kid. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? This is this is my daughter Roseanne Perez. Um, no, this is one of your classmates who is in your homeroom as well, but she's just been in here the whole time. And it's Brennifer. And Brennifer is like, like, what are you D-bags even doing here? Well, not entirely sure. I'm going to just assume that we're being less of a D-bag than you are because we just got here. Is that right? Celine, did I get that right? Probably. Okay, great. We, we were just talking about how we don't know that, Brennifer. Wow. Sounds about right for two D-bags like you. I can't even believe I'd be here with you guys. What are you guys up to? <laughs> Do I need to become like an A-bag? Is that the goal of this? My stepmom <laughs> was an A-bag for a while and we had to move out of our apartment. So don't even talk to me about that. Did you guys get crazy at that party? I know you did. Celine, you whore. What are you even talking about? <laughs> and, I, and I think the secretary is like, language, come on. What am I well, talking Celine, what about? What did you do at this party? I don't remember oh, you doing yeah. anything crazy. Oh, you and that one girl went up there by yourselves. I'm sure you guys were like finger blasting like crazy. Do you have magic fingers? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> based on what I heard. Wow, you're really spreading uh, rumors so hard. Like what? Like, I guess, did you even get invited there? I didn't see you. I don't remember. Oh, spreading it hard. That's what I heard you and that one girl whose name is I <laughs> fuck Austin forgot. Was it Simon? Yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. We they kept changing your name. We kept Simonia. Like she's like Michael Jackson's like yeah. stroked out character. Yeah. She's like, I heard you and Shimonye were absolutely spreading something hard. Hey, listen, I don't judge. I love it. You go, queen. You go. And again, the secretary's like, sit down. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop talking about fingering in the office. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lilith is just like randomly trying yeah. to like examine Celine's fingers and looking yeah. at her own. And Briffany is like, ugh, yuck. Miss McGinnis is talking about fingering. 
And so like, and then the the secretary. Why, why don't you like oh. shut up and mind your own business, okay? Why don't Ugh. you figure out why you're here? Oh, I know why I'm here. <laughs> She's like, I know why I'm here. I kept. <laughs> Oh Sorry. I love how you, you're beating yourself to the punchline and not telling us. <laughs> I don't, the thing is, I need time to <laughs> figure Brenner out finds what herself hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Brennifer's, I'm <laughs> laughing at the premise of this character. Yeah. But I think, Bren, I, uh, Carl, what do you think Brennifer is here for? <laughs> oh, for fingering A-bags all over school. Yeah. yeah. She's like, she's like, She's like, listen, I gave everybody invites to my big birthday party. And it said, let's get fingered A-bags. And I put those in everybody's locker. And now I'm here because apparently I'm getting canceled. Oh, I'm tired of your woke birthday. shit, Miss McGinnis. What? <laughs> anyway. so that... <laughs> I don't know, Well, it. happy birthday, Brennifer. It sounds like it was a wonderful celebration with all the things you were Thank putting you. in people's slots. Lilith, if you wrong voice, <laughs> that's Miss McGinnis. <laughs> She's like, thanks, Lilith. If you were more popular, you would be my absolute best friend. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I, I think, think uh, I, Celine's going to yeah. try and to like get Lilith to come over. Just like, come here, come here. Yeah, <laughs> that's e and easy. Like, you two are sitting very close yeah, to each other. Exactly. So yeah. it's like. TV uh, secret huddle yeah. here. Yeah. She's like, oh my god, just don't, don't even encourage her. She's like, I know, like you're new or like a transfer student or something, so you don't know what d bag is, but it's like a pretty bad insult. And she's kind of, I don't know what her problem is, but she's trying. She always tries to do this, like get under people's skin and be mean to them, just so they'll like. It's called negging, I think, but it's really stupid, and like mm -hmm. we don't like her. Okay. God. That that is when you notice that um uh did I say her name is Briffany or Brennifer? You said Brennifer, both. I, think. I was just letting you have Brennifer. both. You said Brennifer, then you said Briffany, and then you went back to Brennifer. It's Brennifer, <laughs> but sense. friends call her Briffany sometimes. Uh, it's, it's actually Brennifer, Brennifer Briffany Bergington. That's yeah. Love it. Brennifer Briffington Briffing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last name is Briffing. Uh, but yeah, but Brennifer. And Brennifer is like, you notice that she's wearing like a real crazy hat, like mystery. Oh, like a cat in the hat. Type Cause, hat? Well, no, because you mentioned negging. Like she's wearing oh, a real gotcha. crazy okay. hat, now like I, mystery. Now I get it. <laughs> and she's Perfect. like, and I think she says to Miss McGinnis, like, "Are you even gonna ask me about my hat?" <laughs> yeah. So uh, this I'll is when officer. You about your hat. And why it I'm looks like, so uh, awful on top of your head. This hat, you don't even know how expensive this hat is. This hat is wild. It's all the rage. And this is when Officer Perez comes into the office. And again, Officer Perez looks like Rosie Perez if she was kind of like a little like stouter. So she's still short as Rosie Perez is. Um, but she's kind of like, I'm just going to say beefier. Um, and not in like a cool action movie way, but in like a real person way. And she kind of comes in and then she's uh, Miss McGinnis. The secretary says like, oh, yeah, these are the two kids who were involved with that thing with the Kyle kid. And 
Officer Perez gives her kind of like the, the like, like, sh- like the shut up. And um, before Officer Perez can tell you two, Lilith and Celine, to come with her, instead uh, you hear Brennifer be like, "Oh, Kyle, where'd that guy even like? Th- I can't believe that guy died. What a, uh, what, a, what a crazy situation." First, Mr. Euripides gets all bald and shit and looks stupid as hell. And now Mr. Jira's sick. I bet his bald ass is going from Nicolas Cage to Patrick Stewart. Um, and uh, Miss McGinnis is like, Brenova, stop. Just be quiet. And the two of them oh, start I'm... arguing about something. Yeah, I think Selene is like, don't you ever talk about Kyle like that. He was a hero. Shut up. Who's Patrick Stewart? Does he and go Brennifer's, here? Yeah. Is like, Did, you see, <laughs> Did you ever see I, Claudius? No, no, he, no, no that's Miss McGinnis again. I'm doing the wrong voices. All right. Um, but Miss Perez is like, or Officer Perez is like, basically like, hey, shut up, everybody. Come with me. And she kind of motions you guys into this room. And you're in a room and it's not this kind of like windowless room. You can still kind of see into the office and officer Perez sits down and officer Perez is the school cop. And Carl, what's something that someone in like a really significant position of authority might try to say effectively or ineffectively to get people to be like, Hey, everything's cool. We're all good. Oh, easy. She'd be like, okay, well, this conversation doesn't have to get back to your parents, depending on how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So that's the hard start she starts with, which sounds actually was... more, sounds more threatening. <laughs> or uh, if you want to go softer with it, she could be like, oh, I've already, we've already spoken to your parents. Everything's, no, everything's going to be okay. I love, I love the start of that. <laughs> I love that. I love that because it's someone who thinks like, Hey, I'm trying to be cool. And instead it's coming off as, (laughs) Hey, if we both, if we talk about this, we'll both get in trouble. When you're like, Oh shit, what happened? Uh, Co-conspirators now. Yeah, exactly. Like she's, she's throwing this out in a way that's like, uh Oh, this is uh, uh, whatever's coming next is unpleasant. And, um, and then she kind of just pauses there for a moment and looks kind of towards the door and there's a door and some windows and you see a man come in and the man who comes in is, and Carl, I'm going to, you guys heard that ding, right? What ding Austin? Yeah, exactly. I'm insane. <laughs> I've gone mad. I've got Rosie Perez madness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm going to hand more of officer Perez over to you, uh, in a moment, but a man comes in, uh, he's a very handsome man. He's in his like later forties or early fifties. He's wearing a suit that makes him look older than that. And so you're like, you're not pot. Like both of you are like, Oh, this is somebody's dad for sure. Um, he's wearing a suit that's very out of fashion. Um, you guys probably... What's up? The tan suit. 
it's tan. Suit is tan. The suit yes. is tan. Um, but it's a double-breasted suit. So like yeah. I feel nowadays basically no one wears a double-breasted suit. And um this man is coming in and he would be played by John Hamm. And I like him already. He's so right. charming. He's, he's so handsome. Charisma. <laughs> Full of charisma. Oh, it's Jackie Daytona. He shows that's who should have showed up. There's a voice I can do. Officer Perez motions this person in, and the guy comes in and he says, like, like, oh, hello. Uh, I'm glad to I'm I'm glad to see you. Uh and Officer Perez kind of motions to him to sit down. And he sits down across the table from you. And then Carl. Feel free to tell me what Officer Perez is doing. She's here to kind of facilitate this meeting. Um, this guy introduces himself as uh, Ransom Morganhouse. And he says, hello, I'm I'm Ransom Morganhouse, uh, Kyle's father. And he kind of lets that sit. And uh, what are the thoughts that you guys first have when you hear that this dude says, I'm Kyle's dad? Kyle's got really good genes. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I watched Kyle die originally, and that's what made me have a crush on him. So my, I think maybe her first, first thought is, um, like, oh, does, does he know he's coming back, probably? Oh, so I should mention this, uh, like a... A big part of the, the vision I had for Kyle was that he had this very contentious relationship with his father. And Austin, if this doesn't work for what you're going for, just jump in here. But the idea was that he had a very contentious relationship with his father because his dad was like this really well-known, like, uh, daredevil, like, really, like, um, famous guy, like, doing, like, crazy stuff all the time, like a stunt guy. And Kyle growing up was very risk-averse, like a very plain, normal kid. And so his whole life, Kyle was, like disappointing his dad all the time and so the, the way he died was he just gets this wasting illness same as his mother he, he's in the hospital for ages and his dad eventually just stops coming and so kyle dies thinking like i never made my father happy he hates me and then he just like wastes away and dies and you selena the only one who was there and like saw all this happening and was like friends with him to the end oh yeah awesome cool um interesting okay so in that case um celine do you think so you you have that knowledge of kyle and kyle's like family dynamic okay so right away no role necessary of any kind this is not the man you know as kyle's dad this is an entire stranger who you have never seen before or ever heard of Okay, so maybe she does the, uh, you know, raising an eyebrow like, oh, Kyle's dad, huh? Like one of those. And he says, like, I can see your... <sighs> I'm his birth father. His biological father. I know that Kyle recently passed away. And... I wanted to work with the school, if it's okay with you. And he looks over at Officer Perez, and he says, and if it's okay with you, to better know the son that I 
had. Or never got to have. I'm... I'm curious. I mean, there were reports in the newspaper, and those reports talk about him as a student. They mention uh, an attempt to save someone, but from what I understand, the two of you were there when he when he passed. And if I could know something about the son that I knew too shortly, that would be... I would appreciate it. Lilith's spidey senses are going off, so she is looking at Celine and being like, I have no idea if I should open my mouth right now, so I'm letting you take this lead. Otherwise, I'm going to say really weird things. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe Celine will say almost under her breath just to catch Lilith up. Like, uh... Well, I knew his... I knew him for years, and he never said that he was adopted or anything like that. And she, she's like squinting at him too. She's got, the, like you said, the spider sense going off. Yeah. Like, hmm. But only to catch you up. I would love to hear what Lilith has to say here. So, have you talked to his unbirth parents? Because you have like a birth and then an unbirth. Is that how that works? Oh yes, I've, I've spoken with his mother and. Uh, but I wanted to speak with with the people who were there in his last moments. It seems like something that would be important from a father's perspective. I mean, he, I didn't, I haven't been here very long, but he seemed like a nice, honorable guy. Um, and can you, like, promise me that you're his father? And he... He reaches out... Uh, he reaches out a hand... Um, to you. Mm-hmm. Not, like, grabbing your hand, but, like, reaches out a right. hand to you to kind of be, like... Like, like open palm... In this screen, it seems so aggressive. Because <laughs> <laughs> my hand is gigantic. Uh, but, like... <laughs> kind of reaches out that palm and says like I promise you yes while I never got to know him as much as I wanted to I in life I feel that maybe at least while he's if nothing else I could know who he was and maybe that's something selfish of mine but perhaps knowing him and in some way I could honor him. And he kind of takes his hand back trepidatiously, like, I don't I don't know if I should have done done that. Like And he, uh, he pulls Perez out will jump in here. Mm-hmm. Go and for it. He'll, he'll, he, and like as he's pulling out whatever he's pulling out mm-hmm. and like fishing around for it, uh she says, uh now Celine Lily Now in your thickest New York Puerto Rican accent, Carl. <laughs> no. 
If I could, I would. Uh, but I'll spare you all. Uh, she says, now, Lilith, Celine, I, I know this is, this is a heavy situation. This is very adult stuff we're doing here. But I assured Mr. Morganhouse that you two are very mature students. And I think you can handle this. Um, this is a very serious matter. And you, you do what you feel is right for, and she'll like nod very sympathetically, um, for Mr. Morgan House here, all right? Thank, hmm. thank you, Officer Perez. <clears throat> and he takes out uh, from his coat, inside his giant billowous uh, double-breasted jacket, he takes out a thing that looks like a cigarette case, but he doesn't open it. And he just kind of like starts like kind of holding it in his hand and he starts kind of like fingering it isn't the right term <laughs> but like kind of manipulating a hole <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i gotta finger this so and then brennifer starts yelling in the other room no. um yeah exactly but yeah he so he starts kind of like rubbing that it's like a a brass or gold looking like case for something um it looks like a cigarette case but it's it's bigger than that by a little bit and he hasn't opened it he's just kind of like um rubbing it or massaging it anything you can tell me about my son in those last i can look at his grades I can look at school pictures, but there's only so much. And if you could tell me anything about him in his last moments, I, I would appreciate it. What, what really happened? What happened to him? Well, Kyle always did the right thing, always the best thing. And when there was, when we were in danger, because maybe, maybe uh, there's no teachers here, so maybe she looks around and she's like, "Oh, well," because of some of the faculty he held held us after class, and a fire broke out, and there was some lives in danger. He didn't even hesitate. Not all of us would courage. be here if it weren't for him. He was courageous, you'd say? Absolutely. That's... That's good to know. And, um... <clears throat> I think the... The tone changes a little bit. And he says... Did you see him die? You were there when he, when he passed. Did you see him die? Did, did we do that? I forget. Because uh, it cut I, off before we, the episode yeah, I ended. Think, before I we. think in the, I think the episode left this unanswered. So like your yep. answer mm -hmm. to this now is, is the answer 
Although oh, it can it's also canon. be it's canon. We're going full canon. Okay. Right. Yeah. But it can also be you're telling this person one thing and you had a different thing. So let me know if you're not telling them the truth. And so he says, did you see him die? And he'll repeat it several times as you guys are thinking about it. And he'll keep saying, did you see him die? And maybe Celine just kind of looks at the floor and says, yes, but she's thinking of the time in the hospital. Oh, she's thinking of the previous time. I am also going to, yes, I did. But I know a lot more than I'm letting on, and I'm not going to give away any more than that. Hmm. Interesting. Oof. All right, I'm going to make you guys make a roll here. Um, Could both of you make a, what is it, keep your cool <laughs> roll? Is that is that the name of the roll? We're basically like, this guy knows... This guy knows there's more to you than what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I know so that's very broad. To name... Yeah, it's the one where we have to name what we're afraid of, too. So we act despite yeah. being afraid of something. Yeah. So what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of this guy discovering in this moment? Me? Both of you, because you're both going to have to make this roll. I think that at least me being a supernatural being and nobody knowing that, I know, I don't want him to find out that I understand what happened because then it might suggest that there's more to me than meets the eye. So I don't want him to find out that I know that he's not exactly mortal. Do you know he's not mortal? After, after he died and died and didn't really die, yeah, it was pretty obvious. But... Does anyone know he didn't really die? That's what I think he just asked. And so I'm using that, like, if we're just, since we were left with that cliffhanger, I'm going to assume that anyone that was still in that library that watched this go down knows he didn't, like, really die. Does... That's not how we want to play it. That's cool. Yeah. I know Celine knows that information. Does Lilith know that information? Well, I think... This is about the specifics of Kyle not being dead, right? Right. The way I envisioned it was, as a ghoul, Kyle dies. Like, right. he's mm-hmm. like, his head could be cut off or whatever. And then at some indeterminate time, way later, he's back. Like, okay. his head, like, either gets restitched back on, or he regrows it, or some, something or other. I think he, he can't, he does actually die. I don't think the resurrection is, like, so immediate that it's like he's immortal. Okay. So... I think that's why I'm kind of confused. That's why this was left on a cliffhanger, so I'm not making up what I know. We have some sort of guidepost. Right? That means I just saw him die, and that's it? Cool. I'm just afraid of saying the wrong thing, then. I'm awkward. Who knows? Okay. I watched him, you know, like like, he was like, he was on fire, and then I left the room. Celine, what's your what's your fear here? Um, yeah, and <clears throat> oh no, maybe a suggestion, uh, Lauren. Yeah, give me I think something. You, you could uh, still be worried that you'd be found out because you're kind of getting interrogated now. 
So like, oh, where's right. this line of question going? You can still oh, keep yeah. it to your original answer. Right. I mean, that's what I kind of thought this whole underlying thing okay. was. Yeah. But I out. was also under the impression I had already figured out that Homeboy was not exactly mortal. But if I still don't know that, cool. Yeah. I just don't want anyone to figure out that I'm not. Yeah, because that, that gotcha. was pretty interesting <laughs> thing to be scared of. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I guess mine is going to be um, that so she uh, she's worried that uh, or Celine is worried that they're going to know that she. I mean, I guess I'm just saying the same thing, but um, that she getting found out that she knows about. Oh, he died before, and kept that secret theoretically. And she nice. she fully expects him to come back too. She doesn't know. She doesn't know for sure, but in her heart of hearts, it's like I'm not too worried. He's coming back, probably. Gotcha. Even though she, unlike you know what Carl just told us as players, she doesn't know that for sure at all. <laughs> as a teenager, she she thinks that's the case. Okay. And we're then we're rolling sure. with what is so it? Yeah. With, Go ahead. Uh, with cold. I think cold? it's cool. Yeah. Go ahead and make uh, a roll of two d six plus your cool result. Rough. Minus one, so I, I got a nine. I almost had Min a ten. Minus one, so I rolled an eight, so I have a seven. Hey, both of you got seven to nine. All right. So he kind of nods his head. Ransom Morganhouse nods his head through this and says, You know, there's a lot that I'm concerned about as his father. And there's a lot, and he cracks this uh, this case open that I'm concerned about as an agent of the state as well. And he pulls out from there uh, a deck of cards. And he says, while I'm not directly assigned to this, information that you might have could help. I'm concerned that something something bad was happening here. And that if we don't find out what it was, and um, he flips these cards over, and they're not playing cards, like a deck of playing cards, they're tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And he starts shuffling these, but in that weird way that like a magician shuffles cards, where it's not like, all right, here we go, I'm shuffling these, riffling them is what that's called, like doing that kind of a deal. It's instead that like awkward, like breaking them and like, cutting them into like bits and uh, like chunks of the deck and rearranging them. And so you're seeing at times some of the cards. And so you see, you know, like death and the tower and the, like these other things of like that are in the tarot deck. <clears throat> and he says, the information that we're looking for is important to me, not only as a father, but also as someone who represents something far more powerful than that. And what I want you to understand is that while you may think you're protecting him and his memory, you need to make sure to protect yourselves. And I think the image that you see that rolls over is an image of a card that very clearly has Everett's likeness on it. 
With numbers going up in your area, COVID protocols are all the more important. And so is your dating life. Are you a person with a big nose and a busted bunch of teeth? In the past, have people referred to you as a butterface? Well, guess what? This is your time to shine. Now more than ever, it's acceptable for people to wear masks obscuring their noses and mouths. And now it's time for you to get yours. I don't care what you look like. It's time for you to be the Arabian princess in a Bugs Bunny cartoon and get the person you want. That's right, it's me, Conundrum. Ever heard of me? Oh yeah, that's right, you hadn't, because I was too busy getting laid. For the last 15 years, I've been developing these patent-pending, foolproof techniques in order to woo someone with only your eyes and head movements. With my trademark mask-to-ask technique, you will score. Is it a book? No way. What am I, a nerd? It's a video series teaching you my patented techniques. Techniques like the Persian Pucker, the Delaware Double, the Peruvian Pout, the Arabian Underbite, the Hot Ham Salad, the Lithuanian Lash Lift, and the Father McGregor. Oh yeah! Call now and you'll also receive never-before-release techniques including the Downward Facing DiCaprio, the Doe-Eyed Dump Truck, the No Nostrils No Nonsense, and the Tim Curry, but black. Why spend money on braces or rhinoplasty when no one's gonna see that? And hell, you're horny now. You need to get yours. Call me. People say that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It's on the inside that really counts. People say just be yourself. Well, those people are lame and they never get laid. Conundrum knows exactly what you gotta do to get yours. So call me now. Six easy payments of $3.99. Call 555-341-555. For the win! And uh, and Everett looks like he's just like imprisoned. And then he flips some other cards over and then puts them back in the thing, closes it and says, Miss Evergreen, Miss Lancaster. I'm sure Officer Perez and I'll be in touch. Officer Perez, they can come to you about any of this, right? Of course, you kids can come to me anytime. Is Officer Perez like acting strangely at all during this or is she or not? No. Regular Okay. Regular uh student uh school resource officer cop. Okay, yeah, she seems like maybe a little bit like awkward in the sense she's like, oh, this is a strange thing for me to be a part of, and so she's maybe not all here, but she's being mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course, you guys can come to me anytime, of course. Yeah, and she says, why don't I, why don't I talk to Officer Perez, and we'll have Officer Perez, we'll see if maybe. Maybe one of our people can handle this. Uh, don't you have a card or anything? Oh, cards? Plenty. And I think he just gets up to leave. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to call him, she says to the officer. That's why Officer Perez is here. I'm just, I'm just a grieving father. Please, if you have any other ideas, she's the one to contact. 
Don't know how much you can grieve if you didn't even meet him. She says on his way out. Yeah. He'll pause. Say, Officer Perez, can we talk? And like those two kind of leave. And she'll nod sympathetically. And it's all, she's not giving any indication anything unusual has happened. She's like, all right, now you two head back to class. Um, you just come to me. Uh, if you ever want to get back in touch with Mr. Morgan House. He didn't feel a shutdown or anything, did he? I'm going to say no, but. Uh... Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to flip this up and we're going to go back to the hallways of the school. All right, we see lockers open and close and blah, blah, blah. We hear an announcement that's like, just a reminder, everybody, the lunch today is pizza or something like that. Um, and people were like, and there's a dude who's like, fuck yeah, pizza. Um, and Renato. This SOB into the old game here. So, um, how long has it been? How many days has it been since um, the night of the dance? That was Friday, or yes, Friday. It is now Monday. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll tell me if you don't like this, but I, I want to play with the idea that Renato looks like someone who hasn't gone home in three days. Oh, okay. So he looks kind of rough. Looks a little disheveled. Oh, yeah. Looks real rough. He didn't, okay. he, yeah, he like, yeah, he's not like a stark raving lunatic yet, but this guy looks like he needs a, a bed and a lot of other things, but he's been up for three days. Okay. And um, I think that uh, who, who do we have who is an NPC who would be good for this? A la Jocaster. Like sees sees Renato and uh, you two have a locker that's directly next to each other. So there's your there's your reason to interact. Your lockers are right next to each other. And um Allah is like you're uh you're Renato, right? And Renato will put his uh, old smile back on he'll say that's me Allah right saw you at the yeah. party yeah that party was <sighs> that party was awesome that was like you know in movies when you go to a party and like things are crazy and everybody's dancing and uh, people are hooking up in bedrooms upstairs and everybody's drinking and going crazy. It wasn't that, but it was it was kind of like that, but like, I mean, normal, right? And, and Renato will like sort of nod and clap him on the shoulder, but a little slower maybe than he would have on Friday. He says, next, well, if not that, then the next best thing. Am I right? I'm glad, I'm glad we could experience it together, even if we were in di different rooms, you know? Yeah. Huh. Um. Hey. 
So I don't mean to be a dick, but I've heard that like, so is it true about Shri and Kyle? And uh, Renata will pause for a moment and say, sorry, who and Kyle? Shree and Kyle. And he kind of does the like look around, like who's listening in. Um, like Shree and Kyle, like those two were before he died. That those two were, you know, and he makes like a interlocking fingers, not like a, like a gross, like sex thing, but like a, like, together kind of a thing yeah like mm. now carl wants to know do i know who shri is i don't think renato has interacted with shri in any capacity (laughs) good as far as carl knows he hasn't either nope nope Um, i'm sorry that's not true nope at the party shri told you that she and kyle were in love and that uh emily uh, and he weren't, and that Emily was lying, and that um, Kyle and Shree were the ones who were in love. So yes, you oh, do. Well then, yes, that's pretty big. Okay. Yes, yeah, so literally um, the exact opposite of what I said in the start. Of- <laughs> hey man, I didn't know Kyle. Of course, you know I feel like I've heard so much about him. He'll put uh, his hand on your shoulder and say he was a great guy, super cool, and like. Renata will nod sympathetically. It's like that's that's what everyone keeps saying, you know. Must mm-hmm. have been a real, must have really made an impact. And Absolutely. Says, but you know, Sheree tells me that they were uh, they were close. You know, she tells me they were they really they were a real thing. So she must be really hurting right now, man. Oh, she's she's super broken up about it. And I think Allah has not taken his hand off of your shoulder. Um, and he says she's she's super broken up about it. She. I, you know, people talk about love and how you never forget it. Um, and how you can tell. And she had it hard. That's not the kind of thing that you seem to have, you know, lightly. But she says, she says Emily was just, she says Emily was full of shit about their whole relationship. I thought they were together, but maybe they were just buds and Emily was. I don't know. You you were talking to her for a while and I've I've talked to her now and again. You think there's anything to that? And uh, Renato will be like just as sort of in just as much camaraderie, like clapping his shoulder as well, being like, all I know is, man, Kyle sounded like a complicated guy. And uh, I think the people in his orbit must have really taken it hard. Emily, Cherie, hey, maybe even you. And that's okay. People just got to feel their feelings. And take it one step at a time, you know? I think he says, yeah. Just feel their feelings. And, um... Yeah, I think he, like awkwardly squeezes your bicep some and is like, just feel their feelings. And we're not having a big grin like, yeah, man. 
Thanks. I think I know exactly what you're trying to tell me. Lilith, uh, I'm going to pull you into a scene for a second here. Uh, I think when you guys are dismissed, Lilith and Celine are dismissed. And if you guys want to talk after that for a second, um, you can, but only for a moment and not fully alone, if that makes sense. Like there's other people there, whether it's office, uh, not officer, like Miss, uh, the, the school secretary, this lady, like who's there and is like, get back to class. So if you have like a thing that you want to say to each other in that last moment, that's fine. But otherwise, Lilith, you're going to be pulled aside. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe Celine will, will again just be like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't like him. Where, don't where say was he anything whole to him ever. Really bad no. vibes. Just trust me. Mm-mm. No. Did he have a card? Did it look like Everett? Yes, I don't know what. Okay, I thought I was imagining that, but let okay, me know if you see Everett today. If you haven't, if you don't see him by the end of the day, just find me and let me know. Yeah, actually, I saw him at the party, and then I don't know. It's I like he disappeared. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ne- neither of you have seen him since. It is only like ten o'clock on the Monday following, but still. But Everett's always there first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. All the bad vibes are going off. I'll feel a lot better if somebody sees Everett. So, Celine, just keep your eyes out. Yeah. I told you to start getting to class. It's already second period. I bet you could use some good throat tonic for that. And this is the part where Celine just shoos her away because, (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) Well, Celine is... Um, Selene is kind of shooed away. Uh, oh, but I get to stay there? Oh, that's well, before I think it, maybe Lilith gets some of the same treatment at first. And then um, the school counselor, who's, uh, whose name is Mr. Sharpay. Mr. Sharpay is like... Like a puppy. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, Lilith, can, can, Lilith come here. Can I, can, can I talk to you for a second? And Mr. Sure, Sharpay, Mr. thank you. Please come on in. He's got puffy blonde hair, but otherwise looks like Will Forte. Oh, excellent. He's like, he's like, hi, here, have, have a seat. Would you, is there anything I can get you? A glass of water or some kind of a, like a Pop-Tart or anything like that? Do you have any puppies? I don't have any puppies here right now. I used to have a puppy, but now he's grown into a dog, and that dog is, well, he's not a puppy anymore. Less attractive. What do you need? I think of him as a puppy, but that's just what I have in my heart. You know, Lilith, I just wanted to make sure that you were doing okay. I've heard I've heard some stuff that makes me think that maybe you're you're newer to our school. Last year or so you came in, and I wanted to make sure you were you were finding this a, a place that you could adapt to no problem. Oh, absolutely. Everyone here is great. I'm learning so much. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I remember coming to a new school when I was a kid. It was it was a little bit tough at times. People didn't always weren't they weren't always the nicest and I I know kids that nowadays can be just as mean, if not meaner than they used to be, especially with the internet and that kind of stuff. So I wanted to make sure that you were okay. And well, Lilith, 
some of the questions that you ask around school and some of the things that you say, we wanted to make sure that, well, how is everything? And he like tense his fingers, like trying to relate and also, be, how is everything at home? I'd say it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. No oh, problems at all. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so glad to hear that. It's always good to hear when there's no problems. Now, if there's ever any problems that you have, you know, uh, feel free to tell us. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to work at a belt factory. And uh, while he wasn't physically abusive, I know it would be kind of funny if he was to a certain degree in an ironic way, if he worked at a belt factory and was also abusive, but he wasn't. He was uh, somewhat emotionally abusive. He would get upset because there were holes in the belts that he would make. And it was mostly because he'd been drinking. Uh, and so he would say, why are there holes in these belts? supposed to have holes in them? Precisely. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to tell you is sometimes the world throws you these crazy curveballs that are a little bit tough to understand. Why your dad's upset that there's holes in the belts, the belts that he made at the belt factory, and you're coming to school and trying to understand why dad was yelling at you last night. Now, if you're in a situation like that, please let us know because we've been hearing some things from some of your classmates that You've been asking questions or saying things that make it sound like you're not always, well, Lilith, do you have any friends who are maybe not friends who go to the school? Like, what do you mean? I don't just mean friends that are friends from outside the school that go to another school or who are older or younger, anything like that. I mean, friends that maybe, you know, other people aren't aware of. Maybe they can't see. Oh, you mean like pretend friends? Maybe pretend or maybe folks that, friends that are maybe people that only you're aware of, that kind of a thing. Do you have friends that other people aren't aware of? I mean, when I was young, but way far younger than you, I used to have a friend who would who would help make things better when my dad was upset about the belts and the holes in the belts. I think, you know, other than just regular old human friends, I'm I'm good. Yep. What exactly do people think that I have friends? What if what do they think I've been saying? Well, they they're they're concerned that some of your some of your reactions to regular things around are a little a little bit off and you'll mention things here and there and and you know i mean uh, maybe we're all just we're coming at things from a different angle or a different perspective and it can be okay so what's lilith's what's lilith's take on this guy asking her these questions Oh, Lilith is 100% not going to give him much because she okay. she's already like still very stressed out that somebody is already clearly supernatural coming into her trying to maintain a certain level of boundary. But I'm also just ditzy enough. I might mention how much I like my frog parents, but not use the uh -huh. word parents. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, do you think you'd be trying to shut this guy down? Shut down? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
Shut so down. could you could you go ahead and roll two d six plus what is that cold? Mm-hmm. Yes. I rolled an eight. My cold is minus one. I have a seven. Seven. Seven's still good. So with a seven, your whoop, your result is that you. David, do you have that up? Yeah, sure do. I can paste in the chat for you if you want. Sure. I have it, but I have to find the page. There you go. Well, the formatting's perfect. Don't even worry about it. There, there you go. Seven and nine, choose one. You come across poorly. You give them a condition in return. They lose a string on you, or you gain a string on them. I think I can come across pretty poorly. Okay. So he's like, he's like, I can tell. No, no, no. I can All tell. of my friends are completely and totally um, real and, and definitely in this realm and not in a different realm, like through a mirror. That'd be really weird. And I definitely don't have frog parents. That also be really weird. I'm 100% mortal. I, I can tell I struck a nerve. I'm sorry about that. I can, I can tell. Sorry about that. You know, this job can be tough. I'm trying to reach out to you guys. And, you know, the person I sometimes need to reach out to is myself. And the experiences that I had as a kid, they're not universal. You guys all have your own experiences, and that's cool. And if you're talking to people who are frogs, or whether they're here or there or not, it's okay. And, you know, maybe your classmates, they can just deal and maybe that's... You know what? Do they have cards too? Well, they have cards. And, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I would have tried to pretend I know what you kids are talking about all the time, but I have to go ahead and tell you, I'm 31, and I think I'm just a little too old to know what that kind of slang means. Do they have cards? What, is, what, what does that mean? Are they cool? I get a condition no matter what. What's my condition? Uh, you don't get a condition, right? It looks like. Yeah, it. the formatting was really weird. But you, when you shut something down, you, you get a condition and um, you get to pick one of these four when things. You, but it was weirdly formatted. <laughs> oh, they get things. they get a condition on you, too. There you go. But that's more. Of what oh, so you both. Do. So he's going to leave you alone, but you'll get a condition. OK. They, so okay. he gives her a condition. Yeah, and she gets to uh -huh. pick another thing. Gotcha. So she comes off. Okay. But you come across poorly, and they give you a condition in return. Wow. If they have no strings on you. They don't. So on a seven to nine, you get a, to choose another thing. They lose a string. So the idea is on a hit, you choose one of those four, no matter what. But on seven mm -hmm. to nine, you choose one of those four and get a condition as well. So conditions are generally bad. Right. I got that part. But they if they don't have no strings on you, which they don't, I get one on them. So can mm -hmm. I even get a string on an NPC? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you can. Later. Nice. I will probably use that later. Probably something to do with a belt. 
Okay. So, well, the condition that I think they'll have on you is, uh, Hmm. Is this, does this make sense? Uh, paranoid. I was going to say like person, the school should watch or is paranoid. Um, oh, uh, it's hold on. It's person the school should watch, but I think it do, it isn't in like a capacity of like oh. you're in trouble. It's like a we got to look out for this kid. This kid's this kid's a real case that we gotta we gotta keep an eye on. Um, what is the last thing I want? Uh, got her eye. Yeah, got her eye on you. Yeah, so that's the condition. So I think okay. like uh, that that more relates to like the school staff of like like keep your eye on her. There's there's something up here. It's my Will Forte impression. It's a lot of breathiness, a little bit of bad this this talk. Um, Casey Kasem to a certain degree. So Celine, all right, Lilith was pulled into. Um, the guidance counselor's office and uh, you're kind of shoot off to class to second period and maybe the bell rings like right when you're on your way there second period ends so then other people are coming around and um, Shimonia comes up to you and she she sees you near your locker near her locker one or the other uh, she yeah she's near her locker and it's the kind of like closing the locker here I am that kind of shot and she's like she's like I heard you got pulled into the office to talk to somebody about Kyle or whatever yeah oh and I think she I think uh, I, I took that like hair tie from her and maybe I'm wearing mm -hmm. it around her uh, around my wrist you know and I instinctively mm -hmm. like you know put my hand around that I'm like oh yeah Oh, God, so annoying. They, I guess it was, apparently Kyle was adopted, and then his weird birth dad wants to connect with him now, and he was going to try and read us tarot cards. It was really creepy. They had a cop in there. Like the school cop? Yeah. That lady that's always wandering around. She's not even a real cop. No, she barely said a word that whole time. It was yeah, really, just a whole waste of time. Oh, and I saw Brennifer. Oh, oh Brennifer's the biggest bitch. My favorite part about her is that. Um, oh, what's? All right, I'm gonna throw this out there. What's something super nasty one kid can say about another? She always smells like craft cheese. <laughs> yep, that, that's that's at the top of the list so far. Carl, what do you think? It's gonna be tough to top that. <laughs> yeah, that is gonna be pretty tough to beat. <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> this this comes from a, a painful place. <laughs> is there a story attached to this? <laughs> No, that was the best thing I could think of. And you, you hit it in one, baby. <laughs> Sometimes there are moments of there are flashes of lightning. 
and catching them in a bottle is all you can do. All right. So, yeah, she's like, oh, that bitch smells like crap cheese. And I hate her. Oh, her voice. Her voice is like when her goddamn craft single ass gets unwrapped. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, so what this guy, Kyle. So Kyle's dad wants to have a, I don't know, a ceremony for him. Everybody already thinks that he, what, he, sa he saved somebody. This guy wants to have ca everybody hold candles. Or is this like a gross dad who just wants to get to know his kid after he's gone? Ugh. Yeah, and I think she she says, no, he was just a... And then she stops and thinks, it's like, well, he was like an... He said he was an agent or something. I don't know. That... Yeah, I... I forget what he said like, exactly. Some kind of agent. Like, he's a cop, too? I guess. I don't know. He wasn't dressed like a cop. He was dressed more like a butler. Huh. Uh, yeah, and he, well. he, yeah, he was trying to, I don't know, read her fortune. I don't know. I think he's just someone crazy. Like, Kyle definitely would have told me if he was adopted. I don't know. Kyle's situation was weird, but maybe that's just him. Maybe that's his whole thing. And he and Emily, I don't know about that. Based on what I've heard, Emily was the was a weirdo, and Kyle and he weren't even involved with each other. Well, yeah, I mean, I've known um, Emily since we were kids, and I don't know. I was always confused by those two, so that yeah. honestly wouldn't surprise me too much. I heard, and she pulls you kind of aside, and she's like, I heard Kyle I heard Kyle and Shree were involved with each other for a long time, so maybe Kyle's just a real slut. Oh. Uh, and she tries or to was. hide it. <laughs> she tries to hide that she's offended by that. She's like, oh. Well, no, Kyle was awesome, but... Yeah. <laughs> Emily's just like a backstabber. Oof. Yeah, well. So, I mean, if he was dating Shree, then, I mean, that's a step up, honestly. I get it. I get it for both of them. I mean, if you're going to be, if you're going to be a slut, go out on top, right? And she, like, takes, like, a bottle of water or one of the, something like that that one of you has. And she's like, pour one out for that slut who's gone. Wink. And she pours, like, a little <laughs> water on the ground. And, um... And I think that's when you hear, like, somebody say, like, Brynifer, your hair's falling out. And everybody in the hallway looks over and she's like, what, my hair? And, like, she just has in her hand, like, a full clump. Of, like, she pulled out, like, a toupee worth of her hair. And she's like, what the fuck? The Young and the Monstrous, a Monster Hearts actual play podcast from This American Dice. The Young and the Monstrous is Carl as Kyle the Ghoul, David as Celine the Witch, Eduardo as Everett the Ghost, Lauren as Lilith the Fae, 
Kate as Emily, the mortal, and Austin is your game master. Cover art is by Blair. Monster Hearts is a game by Avery Adler. The Young and the Monstrous airs here on This American Dice every Thursday, so don't forget to check us out each week. Rate, review, like, subscribe. Check out our Facebook group, The Whole Nine Yards, and let us know what you think. Every five-star review on iTunes will read on the air. Our intro and outro music, of course, is Deep State by Vans in Japan. Additional music for this episode included Analog Cabin by Noir et Blanc Ray, Golden Cage by Jimena Contreras, Time is Running Out by Jeremy Corpus, Skylines by Anno Domini Beats, and Fast Anxiety by Jeremy Corpus. Check us out, folks, and check out those musicians. See you next time, and... Now go Lumberjacks!